From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you with us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, the legislature continues. Uh, and it looks like there's uh, some pulling together of some things <laughs> because not a lot is uh, getting done as far as uh, going through the nearly 900 bills. So uh, it looks like we've got a, what, an omnibus bill pulling together several things? Yeah, there's. so what we're getting to the point, because we're probably 70 days into the session or something like that now with only 20 days left, um, they're starting to pull together a bunch of bills. They call them Christmas tree bills, omnibus bills, um, and they what they're doing is they're taking bills from a committee. So they'll take from revenue committee or whatever committee that they decide to put these together. And this one that I'm looking on uh, that I kind of caught my eye this week was an omnibus bill um, with an economic development, a bunch of economic development package type bills. And it caught my interest for two reasons, really. Number one, the Lincoln Convention Center is in there, which we've talked a lot, a lot about on here. Um, but there's there's several different things. Renovation of the CHI Center, the Lincoln Convention Center, uh, tax break for retired firefighters, tax credits for soy-based, uh, selling f- soy-based biodiesel, uh, restoring uh, historic buildings, and bond financing for state highways. And then there's another piece of this that they're calling retail tourism, um, which is really at this point directed at an expansion at Nebraska Crossing, which is about a $1.6 billion in uh, development out there in some cornfields and areas like that. It's an interesting one to me f- on multiple levels because um, what, one of the pieces of this is half of the state sales tax that the state generates, which is about 5.5% from this expansion, is actually going to go back to pay it off. Uh, to pay off the uh, or finance the expansion of Nebraska Crossing. That's intriguing to me that we're going to give half of our state sales tax back. And what does that look like? But also the flip side of that makes me question what are, what kind of precedent are we setting? So if somebody wants to expand South Point and wants to call it retail tourism, are we going to do it for that? Are they going to do it in different places across the state? So it's one of those intriguing issues that kind of pops up, but when you're looking at 20 plus bills in one bill, you know, there's, it's kind of like a buffet. There's a little something that everybody wants to eat in there, so, um, or is appetizing to everyone. So I think they're trying to get it to get that package through. Um, and, and so that's a piece that I'm, I'm intrigued by. So this sales tax portion, as you mentioned, it's a little bit along the lines, at least the, uh, if you will, the roadmap of how TIF and, and property taxes are are paying for some things is is that a fair? It's not exactly the same. A little. It, I mean, it's, it's just it's it's future taxes paying off. Yeah, ad, advanced money. Well, and so yeah, it's it's, but you know we're going to be given half of that money back, and you know the sales tax revenue helps fund some of the projects of state government, and so. I, I know that the state's looking at doing some things on education financing. So any revenue that the state is giving back, so to speak, makes me wonder how are we making it up 
in other ways. So it'll be interesting to watch and see what happens. Well, we don't have a long time to have to wait. To no. Sing, so. Only 20 more days of session, but I think they're about on three-day weeks now. So, yeah. <laughs> City Council may take up a resolution on property taxes. Uh, you've got the, I think, the wording of a proposed but uh, resolution. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, every so the city passes a biennial budget, and in the second year of the biennial budget, they kind of pass an amendment to do their property tax asking, essentially. And what Councilman McGinnis has put forward is a resolution that they will just take the money that they had put in their budget from property taxes, and which means they would have to adjust the levy because of valuations and things like that. So kind of an intriguing thought because I know there are some council members that are very excited for all this extra money to see what they can do with it and um, wanting to take it. And so Councilman McGinnis thought it would be good for you know, on a fiscal responsibility side of the taxpayer to just say, hey, we're just going to take what we budgeted. And, of course, that goes back to some of the uh, previous topics here that we've had on Lincoln Business Beat where there's uh, several million dollars uh, that wasn't in the budget that are now in the uh, in the bank or have been spent. Yeah. So, um, you know, the council is going to take this up on Monday. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I don't, I don't even know if anybody will second the resolution or the motion. So um, we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. Um, but I think, actually, I think this is on public hearing on Monday. So uh, 5.30 on Monday, if you want to come down and uh, testify and give your thoughts, that's certainly something to consider. This past week, uh, University of Nebraska Bureau of Business Research um, released their latest economic index uh, report for March. And there was a big reduction in initial unemployment claims, which helped drive the index up 1.24%. So we're, we've still got a, a tight workforce market, and you've uh, run across some numbers that uh, verify and, and even take it a little further. Yeah, I mean, the one thing um, that, that that I noticed on that was um, we've talked a lot about workforce and hiring workforce and things. And actually, Nebraska has the highest labor participation rate in the, in the United States at 69.5%. Um, it's the highest in the country, followed by North Dakota, Iowa, and Minnesota. So our workforce participation is very high, which is good, unless you're trying to hire, right? right? right. Um, and then the flip side of it is, is we're actually second lowest in unemployment rate at 2.1%. Actually went down from February to March from 2.3 to 2.1. And South Dakota is actually um, number one, and they're at about 1.9% unemployment. And the highest was Nevada at 5.5%. And so what that's telling us is, there's not a lot of workforce out there available. So it's making it harder and harder to uh, hire employees. So it's it's kind of interesting. You know, John Alban, our uh, Department of Labor Commissioner, said that there was an increase in about 3,000 workers uh, month over month, which is good. Again, it's good that those numbers are happening on the flip side of it. Uh, for those of us that are looking for employees and trying to hire, it makes it hard. Well, and, but maybe uh, we'll have a few more uh, people available in the workforce because we had the uh, announcement of a major retailer uh, filing bankruptcy. They'll be closing their Lincoln store here, Bed Bath & Beyond. That'll put a few more workers out and available. So let's hope they've got jobs. Whatever short. we can do to get yeah. people filling these jobs. I mean, I know that's what we hear from our members all the time. There's, I get my, my favorite phone call is, hey, bud, I need your help. And I'm like, okay, great. What can I do? 
I need to hire three people. <laughs> like, take a number, right? I mean, it's kind of like going to the DMV. Take a number and get in line because everybody's trying to hire. So um, I think we're going to have to get creative, and we'll just see what happens. Of course, that goes to the topic that we've discussed several times, not just workforce development, but workforce retention. And it's all part of this bigger bigger picture that you just outlined. It feels like about every four to six weeks, something related to workforce is something that we talk about on here. And it's been since we started the podcast almost a year ago. Election coming up in, uh, the, on May 2nd, and we're going to do a deep dive. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming election, these Lincoln City elections, the primary to the general. It's like, you know, you're coming around instead of, you know, in a in a normal statewide election year, you have the primary, you got four or five months until you got the general election. Here we have about four or five weeks for our city elections. So uh, we're going to have Lancaster County Election Commissioner Todd Watt or Todd Wilchin in here. So wrong Todd. Uh, but Todd's going to come in and talk a little bit about the election process, where we're at, what's going on. You and I have talked about it a lot. So now we can quiz Todd and we'll get all the uh, all the answers from our election commissioner, Todd Wilchin. Do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure, free to use, gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com and fill out an application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, doing business as currency, pursuant to CFL License 60DBO-54873. In our deep dive segment today, we've got a mayoral uh, citywide election, airport authority, uh, school board coming up on Tuesday, May 2nd. And, and the we, city council districts, the four city council uh, districts, too. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, a huge ballot. No, nah, not really. But, <laughs> but uh, let's let's get into a deep dive. Uh, we welcome into Lincoln Business Beat, Lancaster County Election Commissioner Todd Wilchin. Uh, fairly new to the job. I've been at it, what, now six Five months? Four months? Uh, it feels like that. No, it's <laughs> three. Been, it's been nine weeks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so we were both wrong. Yeah, this is the um, first time on Lincoln Business Beat. Mark and I have both been yeah. wrong. <laughs> so my first day was uh, February thirteenth. Holy and smokes! So uh, and that day was the day that we mailed out sixty thousand postcards to the uh, voters who are on our early vote application list. And then ever since then, you know, then the filing deadline for candidates was March 3rd. You know, then we get into printing ballots, ma- mailing them out, uh, having So they election. eased you right in with a nice, yeah. easy transition, relaxed, yeah. not a lot going on. I mean, I mean there's an emoji that I send, or GIF, that I send to people, and it's literally a little kid drinking out of a fire hose. <laughs> and that's really what it feels like. Um, I was very fortunate, you know, my predecessor... Dave Shively had been in the position for 23 years. He had a great team in place, um, you know, but he uh, wanted to retire. Um, he put in his time. And so thankfully, uh, he's been helping out. Um, he does have a contract with the county um, to provide consulting 
So Excellent. he has been helping with the transition. <laughs> wow. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. That's great. Um, that is good, especially, I mean, how close you were into election season, really. I mean, yeah. you you had to just dive into the deep end of the pool yeah. without yeah. anything and just jump yeah. right in. So. When, I, uh, when I was notified by the governor's office, I had asked for, oh, a three-week transition with my old position. And I was told two. <laughs> that there was an election coming and i'm like yeah there is and yeah. so but uh it's been yeah it feels more than nine weeks just because it's been a very active nine weeks well we've got a pretty important election coming up it's tuesday may 2nd um where where are we standing now with the early vote with the mail ballots i mean we're up against some pretty hard deadlines for this particular weekend and yep. going into monday and tuesday yeah well just real quick just take a few days Take a step back to last Friday um, was the last day that you could register to vote for this election. So if you're not registered to vote in Lancaster County, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to vote in this election. Now, if you are a resident of Lancaster County, you're a registered voter, and you may have moved, um, you would be able to cast a ballot provisionally at your new polling place. But that is only for people who are currently Lancaster County residents who are registered to vote in the county, they can still vote provisionally. Um, but we still have a few people that, you know, are new to the county or the city, and they want to vote in the coming election, and it's not possible. The state law won't permit that. Um, so, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I, go ahead. We're, uh, so I've been, I'm one of those people, Mark knows how much I love numbers and spreadsheets. And so uh, every day we see your emails that say how many requests there are, how many returns there are. Let's talk about requests for a yeah. minute, because I think yep. if memory serves, we're about 36, 37,000 requests, yep. which is, I mean, that's even up about 10% from the primary, right? Uh, if I remember right-ish. Yeah. Um, there's there's some people who requested ballots that didn't request them in the primary, and there's some that, you know, requested in the primary and didn't request them. But yeah, there's there's about 10%. Um, deviation between the two elections. So yeah, so about thirty six, thirty seven thousand mm-hmm. early ballot requests. Yep. How are those coming in so far, Todd? Um, you know, they, they've been slow, unfortunately, and, we, and we've talked about this before. Is is that there's such a short window between the primary election and the general election? You know, there's four weeks between the two election days. So the the first week is we're still dealing with the primary. You know, we're doing the canvassing. We're getting all that certified. You know, then the second week, we're printing ballots and getting them ready to be mailed out. And we printed, we mailed out 36,000. They fo- won. They right? won I mean, the following Monday. So, yeah. you know, so that was two weeks ago. And so now we're in the third week. And right now we're just, you know, as ballots are being returned, um, we have a, a system in place. Um, we added an additional step since November. Um, but... Every ballot that comes in, you know, gets checked in by our staff. Um, there's two levels of security um, to verify the signatures. Um, there's uh, a process in which uh, the ballots are opened and uh, manually counted to make sure that we have the right number of ballots before we count them. And so we're kind of at that stage right now. We're about halfway. Um, I think we're at the – unfortunately, um, we have a few days left. Um, we'll get ballots – this weekend, um, and I'll go in on Saturday and Sunday with my chief deputy and open our drop box, and it will be filled with ballots. And so as of 
today, um, we have just over 20,000 ballots that have been returned out of, you know, there's another 17,000 out there. And so it's really important um, for voters to return their ballots as soon as possible. Um, and I would not mail them. If you have your ballot, <laughs> thank you. do not mail it. Um, it's The post office says two days, um, but I, I wouldn't uh, risk it. Um, if you have your ballot, if you're a voter and you want to vote in this election, um, drop it off at the uh, election commissioner's office. What's your address up there, Todd? Just to yeah, remind him. I think everybody, I would expect everyone to know, but let's uh, make sure that they know. It's 601 North 46th. Um, if you're not familiar with the election commission office, you're probably familiar with the Department of Motor Vehicle and Lancaster County Treasurer. They have the office on the other side of that parking lot, back behind the Target on uh, 46th Street. Yeah, right there, 46th and Vine-ish, yeah. R, R area. Yeah, it's R. Right between R and Vine. So, or, excuse me, between uh, R and 48th, right? I don't know. You're, you're right. It's R and Vine. Yeah, R, R and Vine. R and Vine. Sorry. Just the map wet, in my head yeah. is not. The hamsters aren't going fast enough right. up there yet. Just <laughs> west of uh, Target, um, oh, and yeah, the Raising Canes, yeah. and um, Schaefer's, and then I, I can see Schaefer's out my across the street. From That's got that'd be dangerous for me. I'd be wanting to go over and look at yeah. TVs and appliances yeah. all the time. So um, you wouldn't be looking. You'd be buying. <laughs> Correct. And then, well, from my window, I wouldn't. But I'd probably right. walk over over lunch. Yeah, and then we're just east of. Waiuka Cemetery. Okay, great. Um, so now, let, again, let me, let me let me before you go any further. It's very important on this thing if you're if to not mail them because on the primary, you got what a thousand or so ballots after yeah. the election. I mean that that's a, a wasted vote. Yeah. So um, voters need to remember that in Nebraska, it's not postmark. That that the deadline is not the postmark. It's the custody. We have to have physical custody of all ballots to be counted at 8 p.m. on Election Day. And so, unfortunately, yeah, in the primary, um, the, the days following the election, um, we got almost 700 ballots back um, that were um, too late. And then the last few weeks, um, there are people who know elections coming up and they see their primary ballot and now they're mailing those back. And they're not valid ballots. We're not counting those where when we receive those, you know, we do reach out to the voter and say um, that. Just so know, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the Voting Rights Act is very clear. Yeah. That, that whatever we do, we have to communicate with the voters. Yeah. But, but that, that reiterates this. It's too late to mail if you yeah. want it to be guaranteed. Yeah. To be and, and you can not, o- not only can you, you know, drop off your ballot, if you are out there and you, something's coming up next week, Tuesday, you're going to be gone on a business trip or. You know, you're just not going to be able to make it to the to the polls. You can still come into the office. We you can be, vote in person. You can in vote the office, in person correct? in the office uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Um, we'll be open from nine to eleven, and then we will be open on Monday, uh, a additional hour. Um, we'll be open from eight a.m. to six p.m. on Monday, and you can still vote in person at um, the election commission office. Yeah, but then on election day. You have to vote at your polling location. You can't come into the election. And polls office. are open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on yep. Tuesday, yep. correct? Yep. Correct. Yep. They're Very open good. at 8. Um, and then, yeah, anybody that is registered to vote is obviously eligible to vote. And they can, if they're not for sure, um, we did not move any polling locations between the primary and the general. So um, that's a good thing. Um, people 
you know, the primary I always call is, is like a test run. Um, people are familiar with where they're voting. That's where they'll vote on Tuesday. Well, we had place. redistricting happen recently, yeah. so some people, you know, maybe not have known and all that. So, um, again, because I like to geek out on my yeah. spreadsheets and, and look hey, at the numbers. Um, you're I was man after my own heart. So I like, uh, maybe I need to, <laughs> you don't need to see my spreadsheets, you already got them. But I was intrigued by um, the turnout, mm-hmm. um, because the turnout in the primary was about 33 34%, which is pretty significantly higher than we've seen in a primary for a mayoral election. I was just looking at, you know, comparable mayoral elections. And so, I mean, we were almost to the point in the primary of the turnout in the last general election for mayor. So uh, people are engaged this time. Um, People are getting out there to vote. Um, And we had, you know, four years ago, I think we had about 30, just under 37 percent voter turnout. What do you think? I mean, in your crystal ball, what do you think the turnout percentage looks like just Rough prediction. We won't hold you to yeah. it. So, um, Well, and I think the reason is why is I think you're seeing an increase, and I've said this, is that there is more people interested in local government. Mm-hmm. Um, as a former county commissioner, I appreciate that. Um, but I think the other issue is early voting. You know, during the pandemic, a lot of uh, new early voters uh, really um, got a taste for voting early. Um, and they like it, and so they're going to continue that. So I think that contributes also to the <clears throat> increase in the turnout is you, we are seeing more people voting using early vote ballots or absentee ballots. And so we did, um, you know, in the primary, I projected a 35% um, return or response. Uh, About 34, so you're pretty right yeah, on. So. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm thinking uh, I haven't really got – done the actual math so you know i think generally speaking we'll probably be about 40 percent wow somewhere which would be i mean when you look at the past general elections 37 30 21 and 32 those are the previous four general elections for mayor so that would be a nice increase mark knows that i don't like anything less than 100 percent voter turnout but that'll never happen but it's something to aspire to so um what should people know when they're going to the polls on tuesday well, uh, first, some of the rules, yeah. like make sure they know the rules yeah. and all that. Um, you mentioned they need to know where they're going. Um, if you have a question, if you did not vote in the primary at a polling location, um, it's really important to know where you're going. Um, because, you, as you mentioned, redistricting did change a few polling locations um, it, for voters because they are in a new district. Um, but also um, with the pandemic, there were some temporary relocations of polling locations. Now we're post-pandemic, so a lot of those polling locations have been moved back to their permanent um, location pre-2020. So just first of all, know, and you can go to our website. Um, it's www.lancaster.ne.gov backwards slash elections, and there's a way that you can verify your polling location. But you can also just call the office. Um, if anybody has a question about where their polling location is, um, we'll have a staff manning the phones. Um, and that phone number is 402-441-7311. And that way, if anybody has any questions about where they vote, we can look it up for them. Um, so that's the first issue is really knowing where you're going. Um, but just knowing that the, uh, polls are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, they're, uh, 
you know, by law, if you're in line at 8 p.m., you know, you will be able to vote. I would not suggest that people wait to vote until 8 p.m., but the sooner you get in, the better. Um, but, um, you know, there's some, a lot of questions out there about voter ID. Um, you know, the, that uh, constitutional amendment that passed last November um, included language that left the details up to the Nebraska legislature. It basically said photo identification must be presented in a manner prescribed by the Nebraska legislature. And they haven't acted they have, on they that. They haven't prescribed so. it yet. So we're still, um, while if you do show up and you want to show someone, uh, a poll worker, your ID to help them spell your name, that's fine. But we're not required and, and we're not going to ask for a voter ID. Very um, good. And, so, and then there's a few other. Um, no electioneering. Frequent. Yeah, that would be a reminder. So you can't um, wear your favorite candidate's T-shirt or baseball cap? or. Well, you can. It's The statute is oh. very clear as long as that candidate is not on the ballot. Um, and so um, we've already had a, a few questions that, that arose after the primary. Um, your federal candidates um, who were up for election in 2020, you know, they're not on this ballot. And mm -hmm. so the electioneering statute just applies to candidates who are on the ballot, issues that are on the ballot, and political parties that are on the ballot. So I can I can then wear my uh, Bud Seinhorst for President T-shirt to the general election ballot on Tuesday, May second. Not if you want people to take you seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that by definition, that is not electioneering. So, so, but if I had one that said one of the candidates that's yeah. on the ballot, that's considered electioneering. Yep. So none of those, no stickers, right? Hats, no, hats, um, that kind of thing. No signs. Uh, in that, in, in the primary, there, there's a candidate that has uh, signs on their car. You know, they should not be driving those vehicles to the polling location. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, signs, hats, all that stuff. If you're on the ballot and it's a party, uh, our elections are nonpartisan. So, um, and then again, uh, it's, they're not federal. It, th th these are just local races. So there's uh, mayoral candidates, school board. Uh, airport authority and uh city council those are the yes uh, that would be now, applicable, applicable just, for this cycle. let's just say for all of our hundreds and thousands of listeners here on lincoln business beat um if you want to know like i know my wife always wants to know who are we voting for what are the offices we're going to vote mm -hmm. for how can they find that out todd well there's the easiest way to do it would be to go online Go to our website. We have sample ballots where you can actually look at a sample ballot, you know, the traditional, you know, everyone that's listed. But you can also on our website, there's a link to the Secretary of State's website where you can actually go in and pull up your precinct specific ballot that you can look at. Um, and that's also an option. Um, the other issue, uh, the other option, uh, there are um, in all the Lincoln libraries, there are sample ballots. Um, and Great. we also have them in our office. They're um, on printed on p pink sheets of paper. Okay. Very good. Again, we're here with the Lancaster County Election Commissioner, Todd Wilchin, uh, just kind of talking about the city election that's coming up next week. It's uh, right around the corner. That's no lie right there, right? Um, and uh, so the thing, the, just to kind of summarize, number one, if you have an early ballot in your hand and you have not mailed it, do not put it in the mail. 
drive it to North 46th Street, drop it off in the drop box, and get it in there. If you want to vote early uh, in person at the Election Commission, you can do that until, uh, what is it, 4 o'clock on Friday, Todd? Uh, it's 4.30 4 30 on Friday. Then 9 to 11 on Saturday. 9 to 11 on Saturday. And 8 to 6 on Monday. 8 to 6 on Monday. Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. If you have questions, you can call or go to the website of the Lancaster County Election Commission. If you want to know what's going to be on your ballot, check it out. Know who you're going to be voting for. You know, I think in the age of the Internet, there's no reason we can't do a little Google search about each candidate and understand who they are and what they're about. Um, and just make sure you get out to vote. And uh, again, let's I Todd's a, we've known each other a long time. Good friends. Let's prove Todd wrong. And let's have more than 40% voter turnout. Let's do that. I think Todd would be the happiest guy in town if we could do that and prove him wrong, right? That's one of the times we love to be proven wrong. I I would love to be proven wrong. Um, But uh, regardless of turnout, we'll still be able, um, we have the uh, capacity to count them on Election Day. Um, So the majority of the ballots on Election Day will be counted. Um, Unfortunately, there will be some ballots that will be counted on Wednesday and Friday of the following. Following the election. Following the election. But a vast majority will be counted on Tuesday. So, And the, the first results come out right as the polls close. Yes. And those are the ones that you've received yep. via mail. So what will happen at 8 o'clock, 8.01 on Election Day, um, we have, will have counted the early vote ballots that we have received through Monday. And those results will be published on our website. And then the rest of the counting on Election Night will be those who cast ballots on Election Day. Um, there'll be a, a 9.15, a 10.15, and if necessary, an 11.15 um, posting of those results. Um, and then the, fo- the remainder of the week on Wednesday, we'll be counting early vote ballots that we received on Election Day. Um, and the reason we have – in the primary, we had 6,900 ballots that we counted on that Wednesday. And the reason is we get a lot of people, again, wait till the last minute. They drop those ballots off or they're coming in in the mail, and we just don't have the capacity to do all the security checks and get them processed before counting them. So that will be Wednesday. That will be another large number. Hopefully it's not large. I would like that number to be as small as possible. I'd like that number to be zero. I, that would be my... my Again, you know, let's prove Todd wrong yes, and let's go to zero, yeah, right? Yeah, I would love that. Um, and then on Friday we'll do provisional ballots, um, the ballots that were cast in person on Monday. And then any resolution. Unfortunately, there's, you know, people that check mark X out, you know, who they're voting for. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Fill in fill, the oval. Fill in the oval because if only there were struct- instructions on the ballot to fill in the oval. There, oh wait, there is. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and and the other thing is that if you do make a mistake on your ballot, yeah. get with the uh, election workers yes. there, and they will help you. Yeah. I believe that you can get a new ballot, correct? Yes, if you, it's called spoiling. If you spoil your ballot, my, and my wife just did it yesterday. She voted for someone that she didn't want to vote for, and so she has to come in and spo- return the ballot and have spoiled written on it before she can get a replacement. And so that's what she did. So there you go. Very good. Again, yep. Lancaster County Election Commissioner Todd Wilchin. Todd, thank you for coming in. Thank you for your service. 
Um, you got put into a hell of a spot coming in uh, with all this going on in the city elections. And so uh, we're proud of you. We appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy this week. Uh, appreciate you coming in and talking about our elections coming up. Ab- and tell everybody to get out to vote. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, bud, very much. Appreciate having, uh, having you with us uh, today. Want to want to get one thing out here because the May Leba luncheon is a very special one because we have a lot of young people that come in. Yes, this is one of my favorite luncheons of the year. Uh, the Leba Foundation awards their scholarship. We're on Tuesday, May sixteenth. The Jasmine Room at the Grand Mance, eleven thirty. Do- doors open eleven thirty. Lunch eleven forty five. Uh, program starts at noon. We'll be awarding the Leba Foundation scholarships to local uh, high school graduates that are going on to a college or university here in uh, Nebraska. And we've got uh, kind of a cool speaker this year, Derek Pearson. Uh, Derek has done a lot of things. He does a lot of mentoring with kids. He's done a lot of coaching kids, goes out and speaks. He's an author. I'm excited for his message and, and to have the young people there. Um, we'll probably have 15 or 20 young people and their families there. So let's have a big showing. Uh, if you want to register for the lunch, call the office, 466-3419, or email me, bud at org. And this is a, you know, we talk about workforce. This might be the chance for you to meet for the very first time a very capable person who could become part of your team. We actually uh, we actually have a couple of LEBA members now who receive scholarships, See. which is pretty, I mean, that's a pretty proud moment to have yeah. that. So That's the circle here. It's the, the circle. So. May it never be unbroken. And be sure and uh, tell your friends and your colleagues, other business people, about the Lincoln Business Beat. We'd love to have you share this across your social media as well. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIM Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Dot com.